we are back. Oh, okay. Yes, we are back. Um, Get your soda and your snack. Allergies notwithstanding, I'm definitely having a moment for oh, anyone wow, out you there. You sound who, like a whole new person. Who has hay fever, you may um, be able to relate. I am on Hay fever sounds like, bitch. What's it sound it like? sounds like it, that's not something you should tell people you got. It sounds like someone who's made sick by the hay. Girl, mm, apparently. <laughs> but, hey, but who are you? Fever, I'm Jay. Okay. Fever. <laughs> and I'm Ray. <laughs> and we are, he said, he said, the podcast that will make you go, hmm. And we are back in your ears, <laughs> making you shake your rears. Um, but we want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, He Said, He Said Pod, on all of your streaming platforms that you love to visit in these streets we also have a facebook group we said sound off where we invite you to be part of our of the conversation so find us on the book on the gram mm. on the social medias yes. and what do you have to do in all these social media streets tell okay. a friend to tell a friend girl yes and ex- excuse me in advance if you hear a familiar sound of a teaspoon swirling a mug but i'm really mm. trying to get my voice under control so I'm not like coughing well, and I just wanted, into the mic I thought, during this. I was hoping you were going to start the episode as we so intimately okay. discussed yeah, well, last night. I said that that was not happening. I I was asked to start the episode via scat. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know what that is, that's a um, <laughs> form of um, singing. It's um, jazz. It would have been and, iconic. Um, I made it clear that I was not doing that. Um, but yeah, so again, I just, I don't it's want anyone like to think that place. I don't want anyone to think that we're trying to put them into the sunken place. So if you hear that sound, it's just me <laughs> swirling my tea. That's my what voice. she said. Okay. But I think we should What's get into it. What's your love and her shade <laughs> So, oh, see, there we go. Look. Come on, frog. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, okay. You I'm said it twice, three this. times. I don't need it th- four um, times. This uh, is we're, not we're gonna what we need, girl. It. We're going to work through it. Okay. So my shade it mm, this week mm, is mm. to racial profiling because mm. I, this whole idea that we would still be racially profiling in 2021 is just pretty preposterously ridiculous mm. to me, um, especially in um, urban areas. You know what I mean? So I like I, I mm. could see racial profiling, you know, still being a thing in areas where like maybe there aren't a lot of black people or whatever, what have you. Okay. So there have been a couple of kind of high profile examples of racial profiling mm. um, in the past week or so. Amanda Gorman, who was the poet. Um, uh, oh, yeah. A laureate, I guess, a young youth poet laureate, I believe she is, um, from the inauguration. Uh, she had an incident in her building where she was racially profiled, apparently, mm. in the building that she actually lives in. I won't, won't, I'll spare you the details, um, but just know that, you know, she lives there. And apparently there was a question about whether she lived there or not because she's black. Um, and there's also um, you actually were telling me about mm-hmm. the incident at Google where apparently there was a group of black um, employees who mm-hmm. were racially profiled where security apparently came and asked them to um, provide proof that they actually worked there. So, I mean, this is something that I think uh, probably 99.99% of black people have experienced and other Mm -hmm. races, too. But, I mean, you know, obviously I'm black, so I'm going to stick to the black experience. Um, And it's just one of those things that is um, it's very upsetting. Mm -hmm. Um, It's embarrassing Mm -hmm. and it's infuriating. And, um, you know, just this whole idea that uh, because you're black, that there are certain spaces that you shouldn't be in Mm -hmm. or that. Um, it's odd that you're here and you're a black person. It's just a very antiquated and ridiculous idea. And that's to me. because people can grow up in homes that their parents or their generations are um, prior to them have racist beliefs and um, thoughts and, and prejudice. And because prejudice. I think that that's another thing um, 
And there is a distinction to be made, obviously debatable, um, as to where the line is between yeah. prejudice and racism. Um, I, personally, I think racism is more of an institutional thing, and it's more mm-hmm. of um, the exertion of power. But when you think about it, racial profiling allows you to exert power over people mm-hmm. because you're like, you need to, you need to prove to me that you're supposed to be here. Yeah. So I guess it is racist. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I just think it's that up it's up to us to unlearn those behaviors. Oh, absolutely. And it's up to us to take accountability of and calling it what it is. Thank I think you. so that's often. Al- that's also very important. I think it's it so out. often people calling what it is. If you hold a piece of that, you know, generational, you know, issues or calling it out in the moment, if it's happening, mm-hmm. um, and calling it out doesn't mean if you see someone being racially profiled in a store, you get in the middle and popping off because that's not what it is. <laughs> right. But it's like leveraging that moment to maybe, um, you know, change your how you navigate spaces mm-hmm. and how you talk about. So you're talking about as a white, as a non-black person, or as a non-like. Person. If we're talking about a black person in this, I think, scenario. I think, but I so as a, as for black people, if if I'm a non-black person and I'm seeing. And I and oh, I, if I am, I am a non-white, non-black person. So if I'm no, seeing, but if you, yeah, in this scenario, you're in seeing this something. Scenario, yeah, mm-hmm. you see something, you say something, but also, it's you have to be really thoughtful about what you say and how you say, and mm-hmm. and also sometimes you don't say anything in that moment, but you change your behaviors, or maybe you f- use your privilege to, if you're in a store, go to the manager or write a corp- letter to corporate mm-hmm. or leverage your the access and privilege that you have to make change happen sometimes it's not it's not safe to you know go in and depending on the every situation is different right it's not safe for you to insert yourself in a situation that doesn't involve you if i get what you're saying it's yeah. just going to escalate the situation yeah, and it's situational so it's like yeah. maybe there in certain situations you can call it out and say hey like what are you doing? Like, it mm-hmm. seems like, you know what I mean? It seems like you're targeting this person. Why are you, why are you targeting this person? Why are you asking them mm-hmm. this question? You didn't ask me, yeah. you know, like, so I think that in certain situations, maybe you can insert yourself, yeah. but to your point, no, in certain knowing other situations, your, knowing the boundary of right, when there, to step away, there definitely can be a line where maybe but it's, it's, not it's safe, foolish. But. And I think that people, I think a lot of it has to do with people just not living a, it's how they were raised. Right. B it's also, it's also exposure. I was going to say exposure. And then most importantly, it's system- systemic. Mm-hmm. And it's changing the system, whether whatever that system is, whether mm-hmm. it is the um, federal, you know, the laws, whether it is companies, beliefs, tra- trainings, um, you know, the, it's just it it's rooted more than just one the issue is not just within one. No, there's definitely it's a lot of different many. layers to it. So that was a deep little shade. Yeah, so it's your love it or shade. <laughs> well, my week. love it is to um, Queen Sugar. So that is a show that we love. They're on their last season, and they actually are um, intimately addressing COVID. Um, they went back. First episode was February. March was the second episode. April third, and so on. And each episode's a month, and they're really addressing 2020. But that's not my entire love it. There was a quote on the show by um, Tina her Lifford. Lifford is her real name. Mm-hmm. But um, she said, as her character said, she said, life is not about how people show up for you, but how you show up for people. And I think that that was a good reminder of where we were in 2020. Um, because 
I think right now people are looking at what's in front of us and expecting things and hoping for things to go back to normal. And normal can be what may look a little different, but as close to normal. But I think that's saying stuck with me of, you know, we, we can't just forget what 2020 taught us. And part of that lesson was how you show up for people, at least for me, um, versus, you know, expecting everyone to show up for you in a certain way. And then you ignore the thought you ignore doing that same for others. So, yeah, no, I, um, I, I like that. That show is good. Um, I think this is the last season. I, I think I said that bitch. Oh, did you say you yes. just said that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, you looking at my notes, but, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good show. I actually really like that quote. I think that, um, is an interesting way to think about the way that you navigate the world and the way that you navigate interpersonal relationships. Because I think for a lot of people, you can focus more on what people are doing for you as opposed to maybe you how what you're doing and how you're showing up for other people. Mm-hmm. And it's an important reminder that you really should do unto others as you would want for them mm-hmm. or have them do Come on, auntie. You. All right. So with that, we will move yeah. in to these topics. Come on. Tell them. Unfiltered. So, unbothered. First topic is the interview heard around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and this actually, <clears throat> excuse me, the interview actually aired on a day that we would have recorded, but we took a week off. Um, and the interview I'm talking about is with Megan and Harry mm-hmm. and Oprah. Not Megan course. the Stallion, yes. though, and Harry Styles. Megan and Harry, the prince, the former, yeah. uh, formerly known as. Yes, yes pr- previously. Um, so Harry and Meghan sat down with Oprah Winfrey for a bombshell interview. Come on, bombshell. Okay, a, a bombshell interview that sidebar, um, CBS actually paid anywhere from 7 to $9 million to, who? to Oprah Winfrey's production company, Harpo. For exclusive rights to this interview, um, and I believe those exclusive rights um, were for, um, I don't know if it was just for here for, or if it was for international. Wow. Um, but yeah, between 7 and $9 million, the um, royals themselves, Harry and Meghan, were not paid. That was made very clear at the beginning of the interview. Mm. Um, and um, they also said that no topic was off limits. So 17.8 million people tuned in to watch this which that's that's you know blockbuster numbers in 2021 that's a lot you said 17 17.8 so almost we're gonna say 18 (laughs) okay so um the i mean there's there's i don't even know where to begin so i guess we'll start with um some of the claims okay so um one of the claims was that the firm or the institution, we, you know, we'll use those terms in, interchangeably. I think we'll say inter- institution. Um, so the, the institution um, or, um, you know, the royal family, the apparatus behind the royal family itself, they failed to protect Megan, allegedly, from negative mm. coverage in the tabloids over there. Um, they also are apparently, allegedly, planning to strip baby Archie of any royal title. And this is in the aftermath of them already stripping Harry and Meghan, and also not um, having them um, have security through mm-hmm. the crown, paid for by the crown. Come on, the crown. Um, yes. Um, they also allegedly, and this was one of the more um, salacious, I guess, uh, claims mm. in the interview, on, was salacious. that the crown or the, the um, what do we say we're going to, the institution, ignored her pleas for help with mental distress, even amidst what she referred to as um, pretty much suicidal ideation. Mm. 
Um, and then the other thing that was like really kind of um, <laughs> surprising, Bombshell. or maybe not surprising, was that there was some type of a discussion with Harry about how dark baby Archie might be before he was born, mm. which Oprah was aghast, girl. Said, what? She said, what? She put her hands up. She turned it's her head to the side. It's basically a meme right now. It's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so all of this um, and more in that particular interview, obviously sending shockwaves, um, you know, that reverberated internationally all the way back Rever- over there to... Yeah, come on, reverberation. ...to Britain. Um, and... There's just been a lot in the aftermath. So at first, I think we'll we'll stop, pause there, and I'll say, what did you think of the interview? I was not surprised by anything. by any of it, <laughs> and I actually didn't really. I I'm not someone that is like a royal watcher. I'm not. Neither am I. I don't care. But uh, you I've know, but been to, that girl. But to say that, the interesting that thing is, even when you even and when, I have clicked in, even though we're not royal watchers, we start we basically clicked in. I think because of the fact that Megan is biracial. Black. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, I, it would just been another <laughs> Caucasian ma- marshmallow party, <laughs> and I am so good, um, so good. And to me, like, I watched it. I think what's interesting is so often globally, people look at the U.S. as being racist and having color, you know, issues with race, like colorism, and with black and white and black people and mm-hmm. the divide and our history with and slavery racism and like everything started here. And but States. like, this is the, the mask is off. This shows that racism is not our issue and only our issue. Right. It's a global, it's issue. a global mm-hmm. issue. So mm-hmm. to me, what that's what the unlock for me in the interview was like, you know, I wasn't surprised, but also it was this like, aha, bitch, gotcha. Mm-mm, like, don't do that. <laughs> uh huh, gotcha. Y'all thought y'all was just out here giving us the Spice Girls and saying, you know oh, what? you know what? You we, know what? We love all colors and races and journeys and moments. But then, zigga zigga, ah, y'all racist too. Well, you know, that's one of the interesting things is that what you, um, or at least what I often has have heard and have read. Um, is that one of the things that they will say over there is like, oh, we don't that we're not like that here. No, you that, know what I mean, so like often racism is, the story is they not try to tell. right. Like it's not a, that's not a thing here. But what I think, you know, this kind of reveals is the fact that microaggressions are just as insidious as racism yep. as overt racism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so in this case, this feels very like very microaggressive behavior uh-huh. to me, and that is what you know we've talked at nauseum, um, you know, in previous episodes about. Megan's treatment at the hands of the tabloids over there and how the, it's very racial in the mm-hmm. things that they say, um, you know, and whether you call it out and out racism or whether you, you term it microaggression, it's still very, not very okay. Harmful. It's not. That's okay. what it is. It's not just, okay. It's all. not okay. So to me, I wasn't surprised. I was like the, the, the best part of the interview was Oprah and her dramatic, you know, <laughs> reactions. Yes. But it also was a reminder that Oprah is an OG when it comes to interviewing. And yes. she will, even if you tell her that you're not, you don't want to answer the question, she going to ask it <laughs> again, differently. Yes, yes. To at least get one more piece of information out yes. of you. Because she did that with Harry mm-hmm. a few times. Um, well, one Megan. Of, well, one of the less salacious points that were made or, or um, kind of assertions that were made in the interview that I found kind of curious was this whole idea of Megan not reading the press and not. That's dumb. First of all, not Googling Harry when they met and not being aware of what it means to be a royal. And then also not being aware of the press that's being written about her. What do you believe her? I think Megan was out here lying (laughs) through her teeth. About what? 
Be clear. About um, that she was lying about the whole. I, so let's just step back. Yes. She grew up in L.A. Right. She did. Mm-hmm. And she's in the I industry. think. She I don't in, know. Did she grow I up think, in LA? I'm pretty sure she grew up I, in I know LA. that's where she's from, quote unquote. Um, she, you know, she's in the was in the industry of entertainment. So I'm certain that she has at least an idea of who Princess Diana was. Right. His mother. Right. Okay. We're just going to let their... That. And not only who she was, but what she went through. And uh, thank you. Right. Okay. <laughs> there has been lots of stories yes. written about such yes. movies in the Books, process. Written, Books, everything. Bitch, everything. It's a multimedia experience. <laughs> and, uh, you know, to me... I think that she may not have done explicit research. Mm-hmm. She knew at surface what she was getting into. I agree. And I think that her and Harry had conversations about that. I, mm-hmm. The fact that she had to learn how to curtsy as she was going yes. to meet the queen. It says, yes. okay. <laughs> it makes good stories, but I'm certain that you, he was like, listen, I'm going to bring this you is home. One, and this is one of the things. And this is what it is. That you need to know how to and do. And like, which is if I'm going to bring you home, she's yes. not grandma. She is the queen. She is the queen. She is your highness. Your royal highness. Yeah, that's what it yes, is. Exactly. No, I agree with you there but at, for sure. But I also think that I walked away from this interview with two things. Not being surprised. And then also... um, just tired of this idea that they need this, the like they even need the royal family. Who that, don't who, do shit. That who needs the royal? The family? UK they don't do shit. Oh, so you're saying that the crown needs to be dismantled? Yes, it's okay. done. And abolished. What they do? <laughs> what do they do? So I can tell you what they do because okay. I because I actually read an interesting piece in Forbes magazine recently that basically explains this symbiotic relationship between the institution and um, the actual Commonwealth. So like the country itself. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of it is tied to tourism and this, you know, so it sounds like a zoo. No, no, no. Them having, um, you know, a monarchy that is still a thing. Okay. um, It actually brings a lot of people into the country as tourists. And that's where all the money is made. So, um, it helps them to ballyhoo about the That's, royal mm. family because it 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 keeps this whole um, you know. So there are tourist perception. This perception about the UK and and how it works and so oh, they're they a tourist have, attraction is what you're saying. I mean, basically, so they're kind of so like, they are a zoo. Not it's not. I mean, no, I wouldn't say a zoo, but they're behind gates <laughs> and you go and look at them. <laughs> you don't look at them. You where at, they live. You look at the places you might where they feed live. them. <laughs> you know what? I'm not doing this with you. Um, Tim, it, that's I'm not what it is. Doing this they're with you. they're a I'm zoo. Not, I'm not. So another interesting thing that happened that was adjacent to okay, all this. You can ignore me all you want, but they <laughs> is giving motherfucking zoo moments. Are they? Mm-hmm. Okay, zoo moments. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Skitty Piers, cat, cat, Piers but... Morgan. Piers Morgan, he's a shit stain. You can Google him. He's been a shit stain. Seriously. So, like... It ain't nothing new on that street. Oh, and just to be clear about my position on Meghan Markle and the Googling, I don't believe that part of that. I think she knew. Mm, I think she looked things up. That was implied. I think she was aware of the the previous Princess Diana interview. I think that... And and even Oprah was also skeptical because Oprah shaded her. I was like, since you don't read things, let me tell you what this thing Mm -hmm. is that has been said about you. And I was like, that's some shady shit. That's some shit I would do. That is. Um, okay. That actually has happened. <laughs> so Piers Morgan uh, jumped into the fray. 
Um, for anyone who doesn't know, quick backstory on them. Oh god! Apparently, go. Piers and Megan they knew each other, and I it's still murky as to whether they dated officially or went out on one date or what the real nature of like their acquaintance was before she met Harry. Mm. But allegedly, as the story goes, she was out um, for drinks with Piers Morgan on the same night that she met Harry. Okay, and then after that night, she never reached out to Piers again. Mm-hmm. So Piers is the one who has really kind of Floated this whole concept, idea, narrative that she ghosted him. That she ghosted him. Okay. I mean, yeah, she should. So apparently, what's she, what's she going like on no, with him? I, they might have been just friends, but I mean, I kind of doubt it. Um, but the interesting thing about this is that he's evolved because originally he was a defender of hers Mm-mm. when she first went public with her relationship with Harry. But over the years, slowly but surely, um, he's became much and more negative, much towards. much more negative toward her. So this all came to a head this week, where he was trashing her on his morning show that he does over there. Um, I didn't even saying, know he had a morning show. I, over there. I did because he, every now and again he says some stupid shit that ends up like going viral or whatever. Oh. Um, but he was basically saying that he didn't believe her. I don't believe that she's you know half of what comes out of her mouth or whatever, what have mm-hmm. you. She's basically disrespecting the monarchy, disrespecting the queen. It's mm-hmm. not cool. And then I think it was the next day, um, one of his colleagues on the show, um, who actually also happens to be biracial called him the fuck out and basically Mm -hmm. was like so so because she's cut you off you have nothing but horrible things to say about her Mm -hmm. well Piers, miss Piers did not like this she got up from her seat (laughs) miss Piers said not today said i'm something to the effect of i'm not doing this and she stormed off of the set okay and then in the aftermath they were saying they weren't sure what was going to happen whether he was going to keep his job and then i think the next day or two days later he ended up did he quit quote unquote quitting but I, he was pretty much fired. Mm. Um, so what do you think about Piers? And then we'll move on to what you think about um, Ms. Piers Sh- Morgan, Ms. Sharon Osborne. Ms. Piers Morgan, I just think it's funny that they were trying to make him the new Larry King. Um, <laughs> but and to me, Piers Morgan, this, again, this does not surprise me. Yeah. I'm not surprised by this behavior. Yeah. Um, I think that this was what I think is great is that this is an opportunity for the world global news to see that the UK is just as bad as the US when it comes to racial issues. Um, as I said earlier, Pierce Morgan to me is just garbage. He's garbage person. He does. He's clickbait. He, he is, is someone, definitely clickbait. He is That's someone that I feel it. like he loves a good headline. He even said when he's being interviewed by the press over there is, you know, this is just a mild, this will be a hibernation. I'll be back better than ever. Like he doesn't see this as a hurt up, up to his career that shows you the type of person he is. So that's my beliefs. <laughs> yeah, no, he's definitely clickbait. I like that you use that term because that's kind of what he is. He likes the court controversy. Like mm-hmm. that's a part of his shtick. Um, the next day he kind of doubled down and was just basically like, I don't believe her, yada, 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 whatever. And I'm like, whatever, he'll he'll land somewhere. Someone will give him a fucking job. Girl, not me. Shit stain that he is. Um, so then <laughs> also piggybacking off of this, come back over here uh, in across the, US, the pond to, to the, the US, LA to the talk. And Miss Sharon Osborne, she's one of the co-hosts, oh, longtime Sharon. co-hosts of the talk. 
Um, and apparently they brought this up. Um, and I really like, I used to really like her. She made some comments where she came to Piers' defense. And then I guess her comments were fucked up because he were like, oh, you're a racist too. Then if, if you are supporting racism and a racist, then that means you're a racist too. So on the show, the talk, um, one of her co-hosts, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? Why is her name escaping me? Um, Cheryl Underwood Mm -hmm. actually um, they were having a pretty heated and it was actually not heated from Cheryl Underwood's um, vantage point it was heated coming from Sharon Osbourne where um, Cheryl was just kind of like well can't you see that if somebody thinks something is racist or something someone said is racist and then you come out and defend them Mm -hmm. that then that gives the person the, the the spectator the viewer um the idea that you are supporting racism and mm-hmm. she prefaces Cheryl with, I've never heard anything racist mm-hmm. come out of your mouth, or I've never heard you say anything other I never than felt. Right. Like I think that you've, you know, proven to me at least that if you don't know something or if you think that something that you've said has come across a certain way, you are eager to learn. Mm-hmm. And well, guess what? She was not eager to learn that day. Mm-hmm. She I, I, when I tell you that she got defensive, I and think started it was because people yelling, started question I think well, I'll let you finish. And then I'll she, her voice became elevated. It was quite a Karen moment mm. where she basically told Cheryl that she needed to tell her, show me, tell mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. what the racist comment was that Piers made, mm-hmm. which is not actually the what point. Cheryl Underwood is asking her about. It's about a perception. Mm-hmm. So what did you think about this exchange? I, I believe that Sharon um, is friends with Piers, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that it's important to say this is you can be friends with someone that doesn't have all of the same beliefs as you. Right. Yes. <laughs> Sunken place. <laughs> um, and you can still be friends with that person. If, right. Like, and I think that I think for in Sharon's case where the defensiveness came is cause I think she felt that it was being she read the room being that because she's friends with with him she aligns to his beliefs mm-hmm. or to whatever where she missed did a misstep is that she focused on tell me what he said was racist mm-hmm. because that then um asks the people in the room to say what is that one thing that he said that is wrong right when there are not just this the reason why people have the reaction with around pierce is not because of this one time mm-hmm. it's, it's a pattern an, of it's behavior. a pattern of behavior mm-hmm. so i think that that's where she's missing and i think she also felt like she had to defend herself and her character mm-hmm. because and i don't think her defensiveness was direct was in in, in at least i didn't read it or hear it as her defending Pierce, but her defending herself. Uh-huh. Even when, you know, she's, even when they came back from a commercial break and. Oh, it got and, worse when and, they came back. And, you know, Sharon was like, we talked about this on the break. We're going to talk about it now. Like mm-hmm. this, that, you know, I think, I've been asking you during I, the I break. I think that the, the hatchet is already buried. Like people are already going to have like their mm-hmm. point of view on me. And I think that that's where it was. I mm-hmm. feel like her, I feel like she was trying to defend herself, which was wrong of her. She should, just have a point of view and right. it should align to whatever that is, whether yeah. that means what he said was not racist mm-hmm. in my belief, what he said is not racist. And if that is her belief, then have a discussion about the why right. I don't think it's racist because of, and then let others that may disagree say, well, but she I never answered right. the question because the question is if other people perceive him to be that, 
and then you come out and you say, I support this person, then those people who believe that he is a racist will then believe that you support racism. So she missed the mark by not actually answering the question that was being asked, which could easily have been, yes, I don't agree, but I understand how people could have perceived that I'm supporting something that's racist because of what they think and the perception that they have about peers. So I think that that was definitely a miss for her. And then it, and then what happened was it also devolved into what to me and to a lot of people felt like an actual personal attack on Cheryl. Yes. Which is obviously also problematic because we're talking about racism. We're talking about bullying of a black woman. And then now you're yelling at a black woman on national television, telling her that she needs to show you the receipts I of mean, the racism. I mean, what I can say for CBS, <laughs> this is the most press um, the talk, the talk has, has gotten <laughs> in decades, <laughs> bitch, years rather. It sure is because bitches be leaving. I don't even know. I was like, oh, Eve. And y'all were like, oh, Eve's she not left. on there. And I was like, I was like, Oh, well, who the fuck is on the panel anymore? So, I mean, to me, I just feel like cheers to ratings, but also (laughs) what needs to happen. And I think this is, I think what's really, I also want to say that it's important to have these difficult conversations. I don't want people to see that show or hear about conversations like that and feel like I can't have those conversations because I don't want what happened on the talk to happen. I think what it is, is it's building you know, um, emotional intelligence and, um, and, and flexing the ability to stay calm and, which is what Cheryl and ask questions. Mm -hmm. I think Cheryl was a great example of how to navigate someone that is escalated in tone Mm -hmm. and delivery and defensive. And I'm going to apply some of those things to my life because let's just say she handled it very well. Like we all have been in situations that have not been ideal. Right. And I know that if I need to an example that to me, that's an example of Mm -hmm. just like settling. And it's, it is really hard. And I, I actually applaud Cheryl in it because I feel like Cheryl is a pop-off queen. Like I feel like she would be the one. But in this topic, I think she was (laughs) no, no, she was very, and um, she was that, that way because she had to be. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that Holly Robinson P actually was one of the original co-hosts. She yeah. only was on there one season. She came out and was basically like, yeah, I already knew about Sharon. Let me tell you about Sharon. I've tried to tell you about Sharon before that. I think one of the reasons I was not brought back was because Sharon mm-hmm. said I was too quote unquote ghetto for the show. Um, and then in the aftermath, um, just to be clear, um, Sharon did, uh, issue an apology but it was more of an apology to the audience i guess mm-hmm. and the people watching and not to cheryl whereas i feel like she definitely um she needs to to apologize directly to cheryl because cheryl. one of the other things you that bothered me about their interaction was when she had the nerve to say and don't try to cry I- i'm paraphrasing something to the effect of and don't try to cry because if anybody should be crying it would it should it would be me girl and I'm like, what the fuck did she just say? Again, that is because she felt like she needed to protect her. Her, She needed to defend herself, her character. I feel like she felt that her character was being I, in question. And I, but However, I that. that's not something you say that's in not, a situation because, about a topic because, that has nothing... Like, but then I, I'm like, so did Cheryl try to... Was she crying during the break? Like, I was just confused about... Where that comment there might was have even been some emotions, from. and maybe she was like, you know, maybe they had a con- we, this is all alleged, which maybe makes it was, even worse if she's like bringing that to light when it was something that was private. And that maybe was it was like, you know, we, I feel like we maybe she may, I feel like Sharon probably was like allegedly would be like, oh yeah, you know, 
um, don't go on this camera and start crying because then I then you look like the victim and I'm the aggressor. So mm-hmm. and then she felt like it was getting there and then she probably <laughs> said that as a reminder of a conversation they had off camera, mm-hmm. which is problematic in itself. Like it you is. said, the 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 talk has got all the news and all Listen, the tea. All so. I know, my thing is it's white fragility. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Um, this is white fragility on full display. Um, coming from Sharon Osbourne. And it's like you should be able to defend your defense of someone else without it turning into what this turned into. Because the reason and the reason that you, you've become so defensive is because I think deep down, you yep. know, that it's quite what you've done is questionable. I'm not going to say that it was wrong. It's questionable. But that it's questionable. All right. So moving on um, very quickly. <laughs> All right. The story that just hit the news is. Kirk Franklin and this disagreement that he's having with his son. Okay. So Kirk Franklin, he's a gospel singer for anyone who might not know. I I would even say he's a singer. He's a gospel artist. Yeah. He's a gospel art. Yeah. He doesn't really sing. He's a gospel artist um, and kind of like a choir leader. Like that's Mm -hmm. why I feel like he really is. He's the Whoopi Um, Goldberg of Sissag. Basically. Yes. (laughs) Um, And he apparently has some type of a tumultuous relationship with um, his son. An ungodly relationship. <laughs> okay. And his son is named Carrion. I hope I'm um, pronouncing that correctly. Um, and apparently they had some type of a, an epic disagreement. This was happening over the phone. And Carrion decided that he was going to record part of the conversation. Mm, this and this part, part of Ooh, the conversation wow. is, um, I don't want to say it's damaging necessarily to Kirk Franklin, but I guess it kind of is because of Kirk Franklin being like in this godly space. But among other things, Kirk Franklin can be heard saying, you need to get your skinny motherfucking ass back out the goddamn way before I put my foot in your ass. And, also, sidebar, there's someone laughing, a woman, like, hysterically laughing in the background, which I was very confused by. That's a lot of ass. Um, And I believe the woman was on Kirk's side and not, like, on Carrion's side, because mm. Carrion appears to be, like, I don't know, like, sitting in a bed. Mm. But then he has two, he has a phone that he's talking to his father with and then the phone that, that he's, like, recording and all of this with. Um, he also said, I will break your neck if you ever disrespect me. And this was after he referred to him. I'm almost certain that I heard him use the N word. Mm. So needless to say, this Mm. is not behavior that you would necessarily expect from someone in this space. Although I would kind of argue that why wouldn't you? Because people are people. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, religious people. I'm just going to leave it there. Ooh, um, not religious people busting dot, it dot, 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 Okay. Religious people are people too. Let's put that it that part. way. Um, so along with the video, carry on. He had this post and this is on social media. He says, no father should speak to their children like this. He's done with his father. He also um, made mention of not feeling safe around his father anymore. Mm. Sidebar, carry on is 33. And how tall is he? Because you know, Kirk Franklin is is (laughs) I don't know how a man of a certain size. I don't know. You mean a diminutive size? (laughs) He he shops at big big and tall. No, he shops at little and small. I was about to say he does definitely does not shop at big and tall. (laughs) Little and small. He's probably maybe five three. So um, what he also said, and this is Karen. He says, no matter what people think, I pray my dad deals with his deep hatred toward me. 
I don't feel safer in this when he said I don't feel safer around him at all. Mm. So Kurt Franklin did apologize. So let's. Oh, uh, so he acknowledged. But let, let, so let's pause there. I want to hear what do you think about just this. This t- is not going to hurt. This is not going to hurt his career no, because his career. just like you said, people that um, people are already blaming the sun. There just it is. To be clear, uh huh. They're already no, blaming. I feel like I am sinking into the sunken place every time you twirl that <laughs> that that spoon. I get a little. I'm almost dizzy. done. Thankfully. I get a little dizzy. But I'll never break off to get more. I get a little dizzy. But go on. So, so I just feel like Kirk Franklin, this will not hurt his career. Shaming and blaming Carrie. Because I, ultimately people are connected to Jim, to Kirk Franklin, not to the son. So they are going to protect Kurt at all costs because of what he's done for, you know, this, that, and the other. Also, what I will say is that Kirk Franklin is is living, um, is living through his demons. And <laughs> I feel like part of his, how you, like the fact that he has a son and they are, there's issues and then you're out here promoting positivity through the song and through God has me questioning your character because, Why? because if you out here saying like, it's going to be a good day, you know, it's not a revolution, bitch. I'm going to get up and do the Holy well, you Ghost. You can't be going through something tough and still project positivity. It sounds to me like the issues with their relationship is longer than oh, just overnight. Absolutely. So this has been years. Karrion actually said 15 years. So there it is. So there, t- yes, so I'm going to hear in question. Yeah, I'm also hearing question <laughs> that 15 years ago to now, his late teens. all these years, all these years, you out here promoting God and, mm-hmm. and doing the right thing and not sinning and this, that, and the other. But then you're going to be out Who here saying... that he hasn't been sinning? Listen, this, this, I'm just saying. <laughs> and then you're going to be out here, you know, pushing the Bible, but then t- threatening the, um, your son to kick his ass. No, I, I do not agree with you there. I have That's to, fine, because I, I said say, what I said. Um, You know, again, I think that people are people, and I think that while, um, you know religious people in my experience and in my opinion can be even more hypocritical on average Mm. than like people who are not religious. Um, I think that, you know, the fact that he's going through this is just like, it's what people go through. Like it's life, it's family, it's interpersonal relationships. Why is this the first time we've heard of the issues because this is the first time the son is decided to leak it. No, because Kurt is out here protecting his image because he knew this is not the right thing to do. What do you mean? I'm confused. To me, I just feel what like is, what is what was not the right thing to do. This is your son. This is your blood. This is your child. Okay, so and then let's go back to your then. child you, so, like this. So you, you think it's okay, okay to have a damaged so relationship or promote positivity so then music please, and song? So then please elaborate. So you then think that this was it's inappropriate. A fraud. No, 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 no. I'm talking it was about, inappropriate. Yes. I'm talking about what actually happened. Correct. So you feel like that's like saying the pastor in these streets at the church, uh-huh. right? is saying you know on his sermon he's like, oh yes you know promote positivity love mm-hmm. and life you know god wants us to do unto others as to we want to be done to us or whatever <laughs> whatever the words yeah, almost, may, almost whatever the words they almost. may share right okay, yeah and then he gonna go home and and talk about yeah i'm gonna beat my ass and beat my son's ass and his skinny ass and this that, and the other put my foot up his ass like first of all that is not godly <laughs> But we fall down, right? And then we get up. Even though it sounds like it's been fifteen years of down. Okay, so then my my question to you would be, um, because I get what you're saying. You're saying it's inappropriate for him to 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 talk to his son like that. So so first, 
you think it's inappropriate for a father to talk to their son like that regardless of whether they're religious or not? Mm-hmm. Okay. Correct. But the fact that he is religious irritates It has less you. to do with his religion and more with to do with no, but what money he the kind of money he makes for doing what he does as an artist and the and image and the the content and the vibe and the mo- motivation and the you okay know, so spiritual. it's not the religious message with the actual reality of whatever the strife is that bothers you it's the money the fact that he makes money off of telling people to live a positive life and but if so, but know, if he weren't making God, but if he weren't making any money it wouldn't matter I'm I'm just I would just want to make sure I'm, I'm saying, clear. babe, is if you out oh, here, what there it is the um, motherfucking clerk at the Seven Eleven that has a pin on his shirt that uh-huh. says it's the God and me, yeah, and he says, "Have a great day, may and God bless you, you uh-huh. know, ooh, love and life. This too shall pass. All these great things, right?" Uh huh. And then you're gonna go home and you know verbally ad- abuse and attack your child. Okay. To me, that sounds like the devil. That don't sound like God. Okay, but so the money isn't the. It's, big it's not even the money. It. It's more so. Or it's both. I just it, want to be clear. Uh, I'm trying to be clear, but you over here, fucking, I'm in the sunken place that I can't help it. Okay. <laughs> I just what make I'm sure saying that you're is that look at look at his think. resume and what he does. Uh huh. Yes. Okay. And then look at the 15 years of this relationship with the son mm-hmm. that allegedly has been toxic and and trauma. Um. And is and and I was gonna have a question for you. Is that godly? Um. So no. Do you feel like he's following the scripture? So um, uh, whether he's following the scripture or not, I'm not that well versed in the scripture. I mean, either am I, but one can assume. I mean, but I think spare the rod and spoil the child is one of the things that's in the Bible. So technically, maybe he is following the scripture, uh-huh. even though his rod in this case is verbal and not actually physical. Um, that sounds no, nasty. don't do that. Don't that go there. Sounds nasty. Um, but I mean, that might be his demon. Though. I think for me, a couple of things. I think the first thing that the first question mark that I have, and this is not to um, ex- necessarily excuse Kurt Franklin's behavior, because I think that that there's definitely an issue where if you've gotten to a point where you're that angry that you're yelling and screaming and cursing at mm-hmm. your child um, and, you know, calling him the N word like that, that feels like a lot. And it feels like. What I what I question is why he's not he doesn't have the emotional maturity to not let whatever the son may or may not have said before we you know had a chance to, to actually be brought into this conversation mm-hmm. um, that he wasn't able to keep himself calm kind of like the way sure, Cheryl Underwood, Underwood he better he should come, he should do a little TED talk so like I mean, not yeah a TED talk, he but. could take some 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 lessons from Cheryl Underwood because. Um, he definitely went there in this. And I, I would say if you're interested at all, go out and, and take a listen to this. He was belligerently upset. Um, yes. So the other question is, I do think it's Im- important or could it would have been great for us to hear what happened leading up to this? Because the son, it seems like Karen was very strategic in where, you know, where he allowed us to tap into this conversation. And then that makes me question well, Karen, what were you saying before that part. we actually got? But I, I still don't. That doesn't make how his dad talked to him okay. I, I, and that's that's why I said before I, when I started, I agree. But I think that it would add context to this, where it's like because right now what we're seeing is it seems like we have Kirk attacking Karen, but we don't know why that it's happening. We don't have the context exactly. Whereas I would have liked to have heard the entire conversation just to get a better idea of how did we get here. <laughs> Girl, sometimes you'll okay. never know. Because that's what I was thinking. How, how did we get here? Sometimes you'll never know. And what I what we what, what we what we will know is that um, good old girl 
Kirk Franklin makes money <laughs> off of being positive queen giving us you know teas of life um and you know promoting of love and god okay. and and the scripture so and the I bible and girl queen I, if i didn't know any better i would think you were implying something Th- that's um, not my that's not my ministry <laughs> that is also so just, so issue. before we get off this topic i do just want to be clear about the fact again that kirk franklin did apologize and his apology um he essentially stated that he's had a toxic relationship quote unquote with his uh-huh. son for clearly, many years girl, clearly um he <laughs> said that you know the family has tried to um quote unquote rectify this private family matter and apparently um, not enough and that um to to the point that i was making that um carrying only played part of the the conversation Correct. and not the full conversation he also said that he's not perfect and what he said was quote unquote i'm human is he working and on i'm it? going to make mistakes and i'm trying to get it right please keep me and my family in your prayers that's good i'm glad he's out here talking about prayers and and then just to be clear carrying foots and asses and shit just to be clear carrying did not accept his apology he said he apologized to his fans only and not me there it is he said this is why i'm done that's what i said i said what i said and you was out here questioning my beliefs (laughs) okay um so it'll be interesting to see if we hear anything else about this we probably won't we won't i don't think we will i'm sure that there'll be an album of some sort that will come out and Another interesting thing is, I don't know if you um, heard this, but Kirk said that eventually, because he hangs up, and then that was the other thing Karen said, like, did he just hang up on me? Um, but Kirk is saying his side of the story is he then got a therapist on the line mm. with them so that they could talk through whatever the issue is that they were having. So I wish them well. Let, you know, let's be clear. All families have their shit that happens. This is true. Some shit just is drama. recorded and, and then you um, make a gospel album. Yeah, but to have this go public is is it's it's a little bit of a, a, a black eye for Kurt Franklin. But to your Ooh, point, I don't think eye. that ultimately is going to make much of a difference. All right. So with that, we will take a break and we'll be back with we'll more. We'll be back. <laughs> unfiltered and unbothered. Here at He Said, He Said, we love music. Few things bring us a kind of joy that our favorite songs do. If you love music too, we've got you covered with curated Spotify playlists that will get you through the day. He Said, He Said Top 40 with all the hottest new songs, pure pop perfection, including the pop tracks we can't ignore, shuffle and repeat, highlighting the throwback tracks we all know and love, and the gospel truth, our special playlist for those of you who need Jesus. We need them too. No judgment. Be sure to be on the lookout on our socials for links to all of our playlists as well as other content that we have to offer. Now, let's get back to the show. We are back with the snack and a refill. I'm in the sunken place. I don't have no snacks. You got snacks? Where are your snacks at? I am the snack. Oh, Eow. okay. That's cute. Well, mm. moving on to snacks, J-Lo and A-Rod. So if you all Who's were... Who's a snack in that particular... Uh, it depends pair. on who you talk to. <laughs> um, so, Friday afternoon, there was the buzz of which we all read. Page six came out and Page, shared yes. that J-Lo and A-Rod were split yes and that sad news they were no longer together they have been living separately for months alleged and to be clear cut off their engagement because they were engaged Mm -hmm. which they've been engaged and they've can't they moved the wedding out twice because of covid Mm -hmm. because they say because of covid (laughs) allegedly 
Allegedly. So Friday, this all happened. And apparently, based on sources, they're mm-hmm. saying that J-Lo and A-Rod actually, um, right now, she's in Dominican Republic recording a movie, um, filming a movie. Okay. He's in Miami preparing for baseball. Um, and they had talked. Was he like commentate or something? I don't know. They had spoken um, about uh, wanting to tell their children, his children and hers, that they were going to split. And then this news came out. Oh, right. Because they're a blended family. So they quickly discussed, this is all alleged to sources, um, and they decided that they needed to regroup um, before they went to their kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you were paying attention Saturday, well, throughout the day on Friday, um, there was also news that A-Rod was out here canoodling or canoodling yes. with Charm. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Southern Charm is the show, I know. Mm-hmm. And the the Becky, that's what we'll say, <laughs> you from know Southern what? Charm. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's call her Karen. That's Karen. Okay. Term. Rebecca feels more age appropriate for okay. her. All right. Um, especially considering the alleged activity in which she was partaking. In. Okay. So it was rumored that he was out here, you know, stepping out of the relationship with Southern Charm and Becky. Um, and mm-hmm. that devastated J-Lo, allegedly. And they, that's what, what led them to separate. So the rumor is that they actually like had co-white, like they consummated their it, it's It depends on who you ask. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, however, the reason sure why. if you ask A-Rod, the answer is no, that The reason happened. why there was hesitation of releasing the press and like deciding that they were doing this is because apparently, I didn't know this, they have a bunch of business ventures um, mm-hmm. that are linked to each of them. So they oh, were yeah. sorting through how that was going to be, you know, handled. Mm-hmm. Um, and At one point, remember, they were going to buy some team. Yeah, and also I think yeah. they have a production company together. Makes sense. I don't remember, mm-hmm. but so it's almost like even though they're not married, there's a lot. They're of, already operating like a married couple in a way, especially with regard to business, which probably isn't that smart. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> that said, they rushed to have this conversation with mm-hmm. each. This other. This is the regrouping conversation. Yes. Okay. And they decided to put out a press release on Saturday. Okay. Saying that. Um, they are working. They're going through things, and they're they're working through it as a couple. Interesting. So, would you would you? Because I because I feel like what I've seen today has basically um, designated that that those comments as a refutation of the claim that they've mm-hmm. split, as if the claims that they split were um, premature, Correct. and that they are now trying to reconcile. That's and sources are saying that page six leaking actually might be the reason why they stay together. Oh, interesting. Because they, um, you know, realize the impact that the, the separation has not just on them, but on their children. And obviously now they have to have, they had to have the conversation after it was leaked. I find it all very interesting. You know, J-Lo, for me, has always been a serial dater. Like, mm, she's someone yes. that can't be The single. Lord of the Rings. We've talked about yes, that before. she can't be single. <laughs> yes. Um, and she's even said in interviews that, like, she like she has found that she just... I'm sorry. <laughs> she just needs a relationship. Um, yes. And I there, think that... There's, there's, I know people like that in real life. Okay. okay. And okay. so I IRL. feel that, like, she... Yeah, like she, this isn't, to me, I feel like when I read it, I wasn't, I wasn't really, I'm not really invested in their relationship, but I also am like, you know, 
doesn't surprise me because it seems to me like that she's they're always with her there's always been historically issues and mm-hmm. i think that they just aren't resolved and then she yeah. leaves um or leaves and then goes back because this is the first time that she left and gone back with a man mark anthony that you know of, they yeah. were dating and then they broke up and she went on and had several other men that she like was engaged mm-hmm. or married to don't say it like that and that i'm not ain't no shame in her, in her, in her well, pussy I game want, i just want you to be clear ain't no shame in her pussy there game. Isn't, let her do there it. isn't any slut shaming that, that no, you are implying in not at all okay. not at all because yeah. bitch whatever she's doing let her do it okay yeah, i mean it's, so it's, it's working her. for her it's it, i mean i don't know if it's working for her or not but because she's been engaged <laughs> seven times yes um uh was it seven times engaged or six times engaged six or six she's been engaged more than one hand <laughs> because i know she was never engaged she has a ring on yes. every finger on one hand and almost half <laughs> on the other because you know she didn't give those rings back no <laughs> love don't cost a thing but the, the diamonds sure are my thing okay <laughs> so to me I, i'm not invested in their relationship enough to really care like to me i feel like their relationship you know i'm just not i don't care enough and i think that the, the idea of who J-Lo is with and then them being in this like power couple like mm-hmm. that to me that wore off four marriages ago like I mm-hmm. no longer am interested mm-hmm. in that she, I don't think she was married four times to me I think that <laughs> I liked her with Mark Anthony in my yeah. opinion oh that's so funny because I was gonna ask a question but so before we get there what I think about this I to a certain extent I am in agreement with you where it's like I don't follow them that closely but I also just being, you know, someone who appreciates pop culture, like I get that it's significant that such huge stars in mm-hmm. their specific areas of expertise getting together just is automatically going to be a big deal. Yeah, they become so a power like, couple. Yeah, they're a power couple, and you know, I do follow them just you know casually. Yeah. Um, but this news, t- to your point, wasn't surprising to me either. Um, I, you know, don't know if these two will ever actually make it down the aisle because I don't it's think one of those will. things where it's like, if they haven't already done it, then there's probably a reason for that, that maybe we don't even, you know, we're not even privy to. And that's none of my business. Um, I think it's interesting that they're trying to work it out. Um, because do you think they're working it out because they like, because they, they want to, or because, mm-hmm. or to say face they, that part. I think it's probably a combination of the two because I think they that they wanted to get ahead of the story to and then what you said it. and then now they they weren't able to do that so that maybe they felt like this was a way for them to reclaim control of a narrative um, which it's not going to be because the one thing that I know that I'd read was that this woman whatever her name is Karen whatever we're calling her um, Rebecca Buffy Buffy Becky whatever that um, she claimed that the two had been in communication verbally, so like I guess over the phone or whatever, but that they had never met and that they were, they were just friends. Mm-hmm. Whereas A Rod, I believe at one point was saying he didn't even know her. Mm. So I think that that really kind of makes me tilt my head a little bit. And I know one of the other reports that I read was that allegedly J Lo had said that because his integrity was called called into question with regard to whatever mm. is going on between him and this woman. Um, that that is for her was a deal breaker. So it'll be just be interesting to see what happens. I, maybe they're also just trying to buy time for them to, um, you know, extricate themselves mm, from each other. Come on, extrication in business. So maybe I feel they, like I just put a 
Asian yeah, on you everything do. you said. You do. You do that. Um, so Ooh. I think that maybe that's part of it that too, where they're just kind of like, you know, let's uncouple, if you will, Ooh, like in business. Un- uncouple. And then once that has been done, then we can kind of just like go public with the fact that we are in fact split. So well, it'll be she, interesting to see what happens. She posted on her Snapchat today. I don't know if you saw a little montage video and it, the soundtrack of the was two of them. No, can I finish, bitch? No, I want to know. Is it a montage of the two of them? Or? No, bitch. No. It was just of her? Well, it was. What can I tell you? Yes. Because I feel like I'm in a sunken place. Okay. Please really tell me. Do. I'm on a cushion. Tell, don't just tell me. Tell us all. Why are you looking at me like that while you're doing that? <laughs> I feel real, really Bitch, go out. on. What did she say? Um, Pretty Bitch Freestyle by Sweetie was the the music that was being played. And it's NSFW. Um, the language. And, mm-hmm, and it was mm-hmm. clips of her working, um, J-Lo working, um, her with... Um, a rod. One of the line is like, you know, I ain't worried about them blogs or a bitch. Okay. And there was headlines of her and a rod separating, being splashed all over the screen. Oh. So they are saying that that's her response. But a response to who? And what does it mean? I don't know. But she ain't worried about no blog or, or a bitch. bitch. <laughs> Maybe is that is the bitch Buffy? Or that's Becky? not my business. Is the bitch a rod? I'm so confused. But that's not my business. So the question I was going to ask you earlier, um, which I think you were already answering, because I don't know for some reason it popped into my head, like, you know, which of her, um, you know, significant, significant others, if you will, were the one that you, um, I don't want to say is your favorite, but I guess is like who what was, was your favorite? What was your I favorite? Said Mark Anthony as Go a ahead, girl, Diddy. No, I feel like Diddy for her, that was a shape-shifting moment as a career, but I also don't know if it was true love. She even said, I was reading about their relationship, and she was saying that, like, they met at a time when, like, she was just getting her music, like, kind of, like, mm-hmm. going, and he was a mentor for her in that space. So I think you're probably on to something that for her was not, like, a true love type situation, that she probably was into it because it was, like, they had a professional relationship, mm-hmm. and then it was like, oh, you're kind of cute, too, or whatever. Um, but f- for me personally, I think that that was the, the, the power couple with her mm-hmm. that, that I, like I enjoyed the most. So we will be. She's been with them all, though, bitch. We will, you know what? Here you go again. I'm We're just saying. She's been with all the power couples. She Every couple can, she wins, she at the power. No, it's not. She it, wearing Casper. Power. People forgot. He, no, Casper bitches, was, was. Pe- bitches was saying that was a power couple. I don't and, know what power they was doing. Maybe, the, maybe keeping the lights on, but not actually Who was the top lights. and who was the bottom in that relationship? Well, speaking of tops and bottoms, <laughs> we want to just give a shout out to Swiss Beats and Timbaland for selling verses and giving us the continuing giving us content under the new platform which is um thrill thriller or triller or thriller triller um, no h also just want to say not only are they saying we're going to make money off of this but every artist that performed on verses leading up to it got equity in um triller oh wait so the people who've already 40 some people that have already performed have gotten equity got equity in the new versus mm-hmm. into triller yeah wait i'm so because triller was bought majority stakeholder of no uh, versus. no 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 so yeah so triller okay. is Let's now follow a ma- this triller is now a majority stakeholder in versus mm-hmm but I don't think, I, but I, to be clear, I don't know. Are the are the the artists getting stake in Triller or are they getting Here, stake in Here, I the will new let venture? you know yes, by please. such news yes. in which you're looking. Yes. Um, the list of artists who now own equity in Triller. Oh, okay. Like I said, bitch. Okay. I said what no, I said. No, I, I now I was asking for clarification. Mm, it, I feel like I really do feel like I'm in a sunken place because there's like <laughs> moments where I'm like, who said that? And it's me. 
Um, so yeah. Okay. Nice. Shout out to them. We'll see what that means to how we can watch it and what it's going to be. I, I did not know that little piece. That little piece. Yeah, a little piece actually changes my opinion about what happened because I was I was on the fence about it. Well, as we were recording, the Grammys are happening. Yeah. Pre-show, mm-hmm. the, the show has probably started. Uh, actually, not hasn't started since we're recording, but it may it has it's happened since you're listening to this on a Monday. And the weekend, actually, leading up oh, to wait, the Grammy. But wait, so that's all you're going to say about the... Um, yeah, I, the that's verses? all I'm going to say, bitch. I said, we'll see what's going to be. But what do you think about that? Oh, what do you think? I think, think? people want to know what you think. Oh, what, what you do you think? think, then? That's a good point. So I was definitely on the fence about that whole arrangement at first, just because um, I think often what you'll see is, um, you know, black folks building things and then selling them and Mm -hmm. it's like so you build this thing and like you own it and ownership is extremely important Mm -hmm. um, especially for minorities because that's ownership is a huge way um, for you to build wealth Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that for me when I first saw the headline there were mixed feelings because I feel like again that oftentimes these things are being built by black people built off of black culture and then sold to non-black people and that then the wealth paradigm shifts shifts from um, black folks building wealth for their families and, and, you know, the families of the people who work for them to, um, you know, white folks building wealth and also continuing to build wealth as they've done for centuries off of black culture. So, so I think that this revelation and, um, you know, this idea that all the people, you know, all these black artists, mostly like 99% of the artists who have participated so far have been black Mm -hmm. to to hear that they are getting a stake in um, Triller, um, which is, I don't even believe is a public company yet. I think Mm -hmm. it's still private. Um, That's a big deal. And I think that that is a little bit different because now we are talking about, Ownership to a certain extent, mm-hmm. even though it's not, um, you know, outright ownership. Um, so I say, even though I still have kind of mixed feelings about it, that hearing that piece makes me say, okay, well, at least they were kind of thinking about that um, as they were making this. Well, deal. also both both Switz and Timberland are large stakeholders of Triller as well. Right. So, which makes sense obviously. because they are the, the name. I mean, I'm fine with it. I just, I feel like. You know, I want to know how we can watch this. Yes. Like, like, what does this mean, right? What does this mean? (laughs) Is it going to be on Instagram? It sounds like it's still be on Instagram live based on what I read briefly, but also on Triller. And probably no longer on Apple. I don't know. We'll see. That'd be my guess. Not unless Triller is going to have some type of an arrangement with Apple. Uh, We we will see. We will. But it's very interesting. I also saw comments saying rest in peace to versus it will never be the same. Well, because that's the thing. I think a lot of black people, again, we, they, they, are feeling like, okay, this is just another example of white folks coming in and trying to make a buck off of our culture. Mm. So we'll see what, yeah. what happens with this we will. stakeholder. And yes, such. we will. I'm sorry. And I didn't mean to cut you off. I just you wanted did. to make sure it's that we, fine, bitch. It's that fine. we were actually I'm in the sunken place and it is relaxing. My arms are sore. I'm okay. so sorry, girl. You'll be okay. So what happened with the weekend? The weekend said that he has told his, um, his label <laughs> that he does not want them to submit any of his music for the Grammys ever again. And that he has felt because I don't he was know why, snubbed. but this just feels like he just feels like such a brat in the situation. But because he was snubbed, <laughs> which I agree, like he should have gotten nominations. Absolutely, absolutely. I get You're it. Right, but I, well. I also feel like he's I, also not the first person to be snubbed, though. Agreed. I also, <laughs> you can ring my bell. <laughs> they probably can hardly hear that. But I you're also calling feel. Attention to I it. also feel that <laughs> by him 
saying, oh, woe is me, I didn't get a Grammy. It, there's so much privilege in the fact that you have a multi-million dollar album. You made all that money off of the music and then you're you're upset you didn't get nominated. Where there are people that are ha- make, have made better music than you mm-hmm. um, are not selling the records that you're selling and are not getting nominated for Grammys. So like sitting in your privilege of like, you can be upset, but then making it a whole narrative and saying, oh, I don't want my label ever to submit. It feels, it smells very Kanye. Um, because guess what? Kanye said the same thing. And then he submitted and he actually just during pre-telecast won for gospel album, mm-hmm. Jesus is King. So the fact that Did you, mm-hmm, oh, so you, you're out here saying my label's never, this sounds familiar. That's We've so heard it all before. Me. He was just pissing on Grammys and then he just won another one. He, yep. That's cute. <laughs> So we'll see what happens when you release that next project, The Weeknd, uh, and we'll see if you submit it and you'll see if you get nominated. The Academy has come out and said that they're, you know, they're sad that he says has said this and they are working on changing the process um, because The Weeknd has called out that these secret committees that lead and drive all decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Academy has come out and said that they are looking at revisiting everything as it has been brought to their attention of the, the industry feeling like it's time to revamp. So a couple of things. Um, first would be, in my opinion, this just really feels like a huge temper tantrum. Like mm-hmm. in my head, what I see is, um, you know, the weekend in his red jacket um, uh-uh. with the bandages on his face on the floor, flailing his arms and legs, crying like a baby. Like that is what I see in this particular situation. And while, I can agree with him about certain aspects of this. The first being that, yeah, like you had one of, if not the biggest album mm-hmm. in recent memory, um, as is evidenced by his streaming numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he should definitely have been nominated and nominated in huge categories. Um, but this whole idea that he's doing this all of a sudden because of quote unquote Girl. secret committees, which are actually the worst kept secret in the music industry mm-hmm. at this point um is bullshit and it's like so i in the spirit of hashtag ktse or keep that same energy which we have talked about here before Mm -hmm. i don't feel very sorry for him or feel like all of a sudden now yeah oh yes go ahead boycott the grammys because it's like you should have been boycotting the grammys because we all have known about what goes on with the grammys for Mm -hmm. a long time but now all of a sudden that you feel targeted now you don't want to be involved in the process mm-hmm. anymore. Whatever yeah. weekend, like I, whatever he weekday. irritates me anyway. But this just, it just doesn't feel like he said that he has three Grammys and he doesn't care anymore. For him. He said that you he know he should give them back. He should send them back. Oh, no, hey, that's what you should do. If they don't mean anything to you, then why do you should. have them? Like I don't care enough about the weekend to really like have an opinion outside of saying that this feels like he didn't get the toy he wanted at right. the, gro- at that's the store is, that's exactly and he fell feels. to the ground and started crying. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, um, and, and this is also not to say that I don't agree that there are definite issues with the Grammys mm. and the politics that goes behind it. But let's be honest, there's politics that go behind every award Everything. show. So it's like, it's a game that you play. And if you don't want to be a part of it, then just don't be a part of it. But this whole, you know, this this level of histrionics and declarative statements about it, it's like, I don't really care I either. Don't. I know. Um, but uh, I do, I will say that, again, 
this is something that if he's felt this way, it shouldn't have had to come to him feeling like he is the one who's being targeted to mm-hmm. say something about it because this has been happening for a long time. Girl, bye. Yes. I don't care. Another thing I will ab- not miss him on the Grammys. And you, of, course, of course. Um, another thing, another interesting thing that's been swirling about the Grammys is Beyonce's alleged, mm-hmm. um, uh, her decline of their invitation for her to perform this year. Lots of speculation, questions about why. She is the most nominated artist this year mm-hmm. with nine nominations because mm-hmm. she's nominated in um, a couple of, I think, major categories and then also in R&B and in rap categories mm-hmm. because of a song with Megan Thee Stallion. Um, so it's just very interesting that apparently I mean, she's she didn't want to do it because I think she didn't. I believe she didn't want to do it because she wasn't going to win one of the big categories. I agree. In my opinion. I agree. I think that um, with the bigger level stars like a Beyonce inside of what that they can have their people reach out and find out whether they want or not. And then, then they can actually make a decision about whether they want to perform. And in a way it's like, well, if they're going to trot her out and have her perform, but then she's not going to win. What is really the upside for her? Besides, I guess getting more eyeballs on whatever song it is that she would perform, but Mm -hmm. she probably kind of feels like I don't need the Grammys for that at this point. Just like, I don't really do much promotion at all of my music anymore. Um, so it's just very, very interesting that that she is she's sitting this one out, and, and it's I think also they because did, it's virtual, and I don't think it's. Like, I, I think I that also is a big part in the decision. I think that just, is, they're not going to be there. Gonna feel very different. It's going to feel very different. So it'll be interesting. I mean, to we're see. not having our annual Grammy party because of we are not. We are not. There's also rumors about a project, secret project that Beyonce has been working on in recent weeks. So. We'll have to see what happens with that Girl, in the know. coming weeks. Uh, my name's Bennett, and I'm Bennett. <laughs> and with that, I think we probably should move on to music. You first, repeat. bitch. All right. So, um, first song this week is one that I'm super excited about. This is really not Jay's Ministry, but you know we try to be inclusive here. And, what is it, bitch? And talk about things that are not just the things that um, you know one or the other of us likes. Okay, carry um, on. So St. Vincent, who was a, um, I will refer to her as a um, alternative rock artist. I think that's kind of the lane that that the industry would say that she fits in. Um, But she has a new song out and it's called Pay Your Way in Pain. Mm. Such a fucking dramatic title. Everything I've seen about it is dramatic. She's going for this 70s vibe. I'm here for it. She is one of my faves. I've been waiting for her to return. I saw her when she went on tour this last time, and it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, And she does not disappoint me. It's a 70s funk vibe that's going on with this song. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's oh so good, and it's on repeat. Well... Uh, figured, next, I figured I would keep it nice and I short, mean, you so. know what I'm going to say? What you going to say? It, it's, there's something about it, but I just don't know what it is. But it's not enough to keep me replaying it. So it's a shuffle. So there's something about that's actually like a positive. It's but, interesting. Okay. But also, like, I don't care enough to listen to it again. Like, to me, okay. she's not someone I'm checking for. Okay. It also feels like sometimes she sings with, like, marbles in her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> or like she's like singing really far away from the mic. And you can't understand what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is probably why you like it because that it is on it is on par with some other artists that you enjoy. I I'm into it. So you said that it's on shuffle, shuffle a whole ass shuffle. Okay. That's not bitch. surprising to me. A bitch, it is a whole ass no no ma'am. And that's Thank okay. You. All right, what's next? <laughs> well, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack have released a song, and Silk Sonic is the group's name, and it is called Leave the so Door many Open. Thoughts about this. D Mile produced it. Love D Mile. Um. It's a slow for a single. Like I, it's not what I expected from either of them. Why? Because they, it's like I the Versace like, on the floor, or whatever. That but I also feel like they album. both thrive in like a mid tempo and up tempo moment. So I found that be interesting. It definitely has a throwback moment. They actually toured together in 2017. Did not know that. Yeah, did I? They, you know, um, apparently they, you know, have shared this project in a teaser and then they all like shared it was being not just one song but a whole album mm-hmm. um i enjoy the sonically i enjoy the music um and i really i enjoy anderson pack much more than i enjoy bruno mars um but i'm it didn't the song didn't excite me the way that i wanted it to like i i think i might be more excited to like a mid-tempo up-tempo moment so mm-hmm. for me the song's on repeat because I enjoy it sonically, but not because I enjoy it all together. All right. So um, what are your thoughts? Bruno Mars. Um, I'm not really a Bruno fan, um, although I can appreciate the talent that's there. Um, and here and there, there are songs that he releases that I'm like, oh, I'm, re- I'm actually really into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, not really a fan. And I think that the question of appropriation is the one that kind of nags for me mm. with him because he is not black. Um, but um, there's definite clear black influences in his music. And when he first came out, he was much more pop and there was, there was some R and B leanings, but the longer that he's in the industry, the more overt his R and B inspiration really becomes apparent for me personally. Mm. Um, the last album, great example because it was such a nod to kind of like 80s r&b and 90s like late 80s early 90s that it was just kind of like and i think what irritates me to a certain degree is like i know that if even like the biggest um black artists were to put this music out it would Mm -hmm. not be popular but bruno marsh can put it out and it's highly consumed and like i have i i Ultimately, I have a, a problem with that. Yeah. Um. But what I would say about this is that, to your point, it's very throwback. Again, it's seventies, kind of, um, in the way that Saint Vincent song is, um, from a bygone era. It has a very distinctive seventies R and B sound that's reminiscent to me of like Philly soul. If anyone's familiar with that yeah. sound, or like maybe even a little bit of Motown. That said, um, I don't think it's a bad song. Um, it will be immensely popular just because Bruno's in it. Um. I definitely like Anderson Pack more than I like Bruno I Mars. Um, and I guess Anderson Pack being in it maybe makes it a little bit less um, of an appropriation. Um, but I still have questions. Um, and I'd mm-hmm. say that it is on repeat because I'm a fair bitch. But I mean, it's not going to be. It'll probably go on a playlist for me. But like, I'm not like super excited about it. But I also don't hate it. And I do like D-Mile and I like D-Mile's yeah. production. So kudos to Are him. Are you interested in the album? Oh, for sure. I'm going to listen to the album. I told you the the intro because that was the other thing that was released. They I actually released the intro. They released the intro, which I, I'm assuming is the intro for the album. And they released the song. And the intro caught my ear much 
faster than mm-hmm. this did. I really love the intro, and I'm hoping that there's going to be more of that like sound that was in the intro on the album. So I didn't even hear the intro. I'm reserving trial. judgment for the album, obviously. But again, this is, again, on repeat because I like to be fair, but, Come you know, fair. I'm not, like, you know, falling over myself. This shit will win all the Grammys, just to be oh, clear, for sure. in 2022. For sure. <laughs> all of the big ones. All right. Next is an artist that we love to champion here because she's fucking amazing. Oh. Um, Judith Hill. Judith Hill of The Voice fame. Judith Hill of, what was it, 30 Seconds to, to Stardom or whatever mm-hmm. the documentary was. She sang background for Michael Jackson. She was going to be on that Michael Jackson farewell, this is it, whatever that um, thing was he was going to do in London before he died. Um, and she's actually a former Prince protege. Her first album was produced entirely by Prince. It was a really good release. There was some controversy behind it, but, um, she is back with a new album, which is called baby. I'm Hollywood. Um, and this album, again, hearkening back to St. Vincent's song, this whole album is funk. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting because I think that that's one of the blockers for, her and for her career and for her to kind of blossom into um, a really well-known artist outside of the other things that I mentioned that she's already been in um, is that she has a sound that just is not really popular now. Mm-hmm. Funk music isn't popular. I guess um, unless Bruno Mars does it, then it's popular. But wow. um, so it's interesting to me um, because she actually in the liner notes is a writer and composer of like, I think every song, every song, but one, but one exactly. And that is amazing to me. Yeah. And I love that. I love to see it. it's kind of like Chloe and Holly, where I just love to see that where mm-hmm. you have these artists who are really have a tight control over their sound. Um, and I would say that some of the tracks are a little derivative of Prince, yes. but I guess that makes sense because she works so closely with him. Yeah. Um, and that's maybe her sound. Yeah. And maybe, again, yeah, maybe it is because a lot of what Prince did was funk, um, you know, yeah. outside of the things that seemed more like rock music. Um, he, he put out a lot of, of funk music, even though maybe they didn't say that that's what it was. Um, and I'd say that, uh, you know, as a project, it's definitely um, on repeat for me. To me, I, I like her. I really enjoy her. I feel like I need a little bit more time to sit with the project in its entirety. There are songs that I enjoy. So I really like um, Step Out. I like uh, Newborn Woman. I like God Bless the Mechanic. Um, Burn It All is like this bluesy vibe. Um, I enjoy all of that. Uh, But I definitely, I need to sit with the project in its entirety um, she's also amazing live. So if Very. you have an opportunity to see her live, do like, not turn that down. She's amazing. We saw her yes. um, at Essence mm-hmm. a few years back, um, and she's just extremely talented. So um, I would say listen to it. I'm gonna put this on repeat because I want to re- revisit it because I definitely don't feel like I gave it enough time before mm. we recorded to give an entire. POV on it, if okay. you will. My fave tracks would be um, Americana, which I really like. Um, that was a single. I know. It was a, it was actually the lead single, um, which, incidentally, I hadn't heard until the actual album came out. Um, I also like um, God Bless the Mechanic. Um, and um, to your point, um, I like Burn It All as well. So yeah. on repeat for both of us. That's cute. Oh, that is cute. What's next? Trevor Jackson. He is on um, Grownish. I never really checked for him as a singer. This came up on my title um, new releases, and I actually liked the song, and I found it to be interesting. So 
it's the second single of his new album that's coming out. Um, and it is it's Love Language is what the album was called. It's due out later this month. Um, the song, it's called Get To You. It reminds me, there's like this bass guitar moment. It reminds me of like a very, re- really, very relevant, very nostalgic R&B male singer vibes there's a little bit of like you can hear a little bit of his tone that remind well might remind you of like a chris brown or a trey songs or that kind of moment i enjoyed it a lot he apparently is working with lots of people that have big names like harvey mason who's worked with aretha franklin michael jackson mary j blige um ao and huge, keys that's a huge r&b name yeah ao and keys cardi b ty dollar on jaden smith these are people that he's working on his album with so his album i feel like is going to be really produced well based on just who's working on the album i enjoy the song um it is produced by ao and keys who if you don't know them they they produce the massive hit wap did um, they yes yeah, so oh, wow. And also, it's co-produced with Gabrielle Lambreth, who has produced for Tiana Taylor's last project. So, and also, I found Breland. Have you ever heard of Breland? Oh, a country so. star. Oh yeah, he has production credits. He's the guy on his I just song. was telling you about the black so, guy who does country. I played it in a so car, and you were like, "What is this?" So interesting. So, mm. "Get to Me" is <laughs> is a song that I'm gonna put on repeat, and I'm so surprised by saying that because he's not been my vibe thus far. That actually. Um, what that suggests to me is that maybe this was Breland's song and then they ended up mm. turning it in from a country song into an R&B song. Because uh, um, for anyone who doesn't know, which we probably should review Breland's album on a future pod, because I think that would be cute because it's country. He is a black artist. He is young and he makes like unabashed country music. Unabashed, I had never un- even heard of him. <laughs> I had never heard of him. And then it came up somehow like. In my music, well, if we're gonna, if we're gonna review it, why are you tell them all too? No, I'm just saying that, like, that's interesting to me because I'm like that. It it proves this theory that you and I have, which is that R and B and country music actually are very similar. Um, you know, and it's very easy to turn you know, an R and B song into a country song or vice versa. All right, so as far as this is concerned, um, uh, it's a pretty standard R and B song for 2021 as far as production is concerned i like trevor okay like i'm not really checking for him as a as a music artist either he's a he's a pretty good actor though um um so i'd say the production is solid Mm -hmm. but beyond there there's not very much for me to say like oh this is compelling to you to what you were saying it makes me excited to hear who he's working with because i'm like okay well when that album comes out i'll definitely listen to it but Mm -hmm. as far as the song is concerned it is on shuffle for me oh wow all right, so moving on, wow. we have another male R&B song, and this is um, uh, The Artist is Smith, um, and the song is Round and Round. I'm not super familiar with Smith's music. I don't think I've ever even listened to Smith's music before. I know that he used to have a podcast, um, and that's why I know him from, um, but not for his music. Um, but I remember you telling me that he used to be a background singer, I believe. Mm-hmm. Faith that Evans. Okay. Um, so I was very pleasantly surprised when I listened to this because with this being my first time sampling any of his music, I was very into it. Uh-oh. It gives me a very, very strong early 2000s, yes. 2000s vibe. And he sounds to me, and I don't know if it's so much maybe his voice or maybe the vocal arrangement. He sounds like Joe, the artist mm-hmm. Joe to me. Um, and I don't mean that as a dig in any way because this song is good. Mm-hmm. Um, the production and the vocals are very tight, and this song is on repeat for me. Oh, it's on repeat for me, too. So Smith is someone that I found out about Smith because he 
was on one of those R and B um Instagram of like I think maybe they have range or mm, okay. something like five like or a six cl- like years a video ago. clip of him yeah, singing five or six years ago. Okay. And a while back he used to do like mashes of songs where he would have like Lauren Hill X Factor as the track and he would sing like a Jasmine Sullivan song on top mm, of it. So okay. he, he got went viral several times doing that. And then he sang background for Faith Evans. He's released a little bit of here, a little bit there. Um and I've I've explored and listened to like Tapestry is another one of his songs that I've listened to. Um, but this song to me, he's been pushing it out um, and it being like the lead single of a new project that okay. he's been working on. Um, he just moved from L.A. to Atlanta, like prepping for all of that. I think it's about to be a moment. The song sonically, he's he has a really good voice um, and there's some good tone quality to his voice. So there definitely is this like nostalgic nostalgia that comes with his music that feels i think we all yearn for 90s 2000s r&b so i think that's kind of the, the vibe he's going for oh definitely um I hear and it. it's on repeat for me yeah okay is he? it's the repeat for and me. i mean you may not know this i'm gonna ask you anyway is he straight or gay i i think he's queer identifying okay because i was wondering when i was listening to music because of the lyrics and i was mm-hmm. like oh i wonder if he's singing to a man or to a woman um so another one on a shuffle for both of us Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued. And to hear you say that he has a project coming out too, like just off of the strength of, um, me liking this song as much as I yeah. do, I'm eager to hear a, like a full project. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it for okay. sure. He, it, it, we deserve. What's next? I don't know where we are with time. I mean, do we just do honorable mentions? Um, let's do honorable no, mentions. No, I really like Chica. So let's at least okay, briefly so talk Chica, about her. Chica, Chica, Chica. So Chica yes. is someone that we... Um, have followed you probably remember her um, when she went viral for singing over Jesus Walks um, and digging Kanye um, and then she ended up releasing projects she actually released a project this time last year um, and it was her debut EP um, and it caught the eyes and ears of, of record labels she ended up getting signed and this is her first project um, on within that project um, I really like it. It's called oh Fairy God. Tales. Fairy Tales. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, like, no, I'm sorry. Not Fairy Tales. It's Indus- Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Yes. Fairy, fairy Tales, Tales is a song. song. Yes. Once um, Upon a Time. Her is debut a EP was Industry Games that came out in 2020, as I mentioned. To So she's also nominated for Best New Artist at the Grammys. She is, which is a big fucking deal. It's huge. And I think that this project shows you why. If you listen to it, you know, she raps um, on Cinderella Part 1. There's Cinderella Part 1 and Part 2. She's she is known for rapping fast, like a twista moment, but you know, giving us tease as a woman, and I'm here for it. She's yes. also queer, mm-hmm. and she's singing to a woman, and she overtly said like like not even not overtly, but she says she and those pronouns to let you know that she's singing to a woman. Mm. Um, and I'm here for every moment. Um, I think it's like the one song she talks about called Fairy Tales. Um, she said that she, she recreates childhood stories in the song and she said it's imperative narrative to reflect what's happening in the hood. Um, let's make a couple hits for all the kids that need a symbol. Mm. Um, so I think it's just really interesting. She's, she's, her her wordplay is amazing. Hickory Dickory is also really good. Um, overall, this is, uh, on repeat for me. She also worked with 30 Rock who worked with, Little Yachty, Two Chains, JoJo's last project. So the label obviously is putting money in there. So for me, it's on repeat. Yeah. So I um 
definitely a fan of Chica's. Nice to see her putting out um, another project. Um, does she have an actual album out? I guess no. No, it's two, three. She has two EPs. Okay, so it'd be nice to see her. Um, you know, get that opportunity to do a full project. Um, but no, so uh, I like this. Uh, my fave tracks are Fairy Tales, um, featuring BJ the Chicago Kid, which is a really great song. Um, yes. and like all around, like holistically great song from production to her flow mm-hmm. to his feature. Um, it's pretty damn close to perfection. And that's one that's definitely that particular song is on repeat and going yes. on like every playlist for me. Um, and then the other song that really stuck out for me was Cinderella part two, because I do like when she sings because Chica yes. raps and she also and does she sing. Sings. So it's kind of like a, a Missy moment. Um, but like Missy for 2021, which is a mm-hmm. little different than, you know, um, you know, the Missy that we know. Um, and for me, it's definitely on repeat. I'm looking forward to, again, like I said, her coming out with a full project. Um, and even though I, I, I don't think she's going to win. Um, best new artist, but um, there's just the sheer nomination, right? Is a big the deal. nomination. It'd be nice if she actually was given a slot to perform, but that's a whole other issue that you know yeah, we'll probably talk about next week when we talk about the Grammy. The Grammy wins. Um, so to be clear, as of the time of this recording, we've already got some wins um, out there yes. for Grammys, including I think one maybe or two for Beyonce, two for Beyonce, one for Savage, one for Brown Skin Girl. Yes, Lettucey won her first Grammy, so mm-hmm. we will um, definitely as usual we'll go over the yeah, winners we'll break next it down week. girl um uh, even though you know this year is really weird just the way that everything is being set up but um yeah i think that brings us to the end of this week. that's our episode yeah. uh, so as, look at god just jay don't said, put the foot in someone's ass like kirk franklin you know what as jay said at the beginning atop of the show please tell a friend to tell a friend um we want to get the word out um and we'll have some new things coming soon yes yes we we want to we want to bring some new things out to you um that'll be behind a paywall Mm. (laughs) just to be clear (laughs) well friends that is our show and thank you for being a friend yes have a great week (laughs) 